When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Faces dropped on a new edition of Soccer Down Here. It is a Wednesday. we got lots of things to get into. Thomas Tuchel is very outspoken, and he's becoming uh, one of my new favorite people in the game, period. Uh, we'll talk about what he's had to say lately as The Guardian uh, had an article about his latest comments. Uh, we'll talk about... Barcelona and Xavi with the difficulties he's got in fielding a team this weekend uh, and more positives in Barcelona. And it's going to make it a little bit difficult as La Liga gets back into play. The Premier League was in play yesterday and Liverpool dropped a match that they should not have. Leicester picked themselves up off the mat after giving up six last time out. Uh, Welcome to Festive Fixtures. They're stupid, and they're drunk, and they're ridiculous, and anything can happen. Yippee! Um, And there's also a few players who can't play anymore because of injuries, and we'll get into that. You also have more uh, postponements as well in England. Those are going on. But the big news of the day yesterday and continuing into today is Lorenzo Insigne potentially to Toronto. And depending on people's feelings, man, they are wrapped up in their feelings about this. This is getting ridiculous. Um, Insigne is being offered, reportedly, a whole boatload of money. He's making about 5 million euro per year, according to reports right now at Napoli. He's out of contract in the summer. The offer for a new contract there is about 3.5 million euro per year. That's, that's, a, that's a pay decrease. Toronto reportedly offering 11.5 million euro. And depending on who is saying it, some people are saying that is the gross. Some people are saying that's the net. If that's the net, you're talking about 26 million or so as a contract offer or somewhere in that ballpark because of taxes and yada, yada, yada. And I don't know. It's reports right now. So don't get too hung up on that side of it. It's a lot more money than he's going to be making at Napoli if he signs a new contract there. We know that much. 4.5 4.5 million euro in add-ons reportedly. Um, some people are surprised by this. I am. I thought there'd be other offers for him that would be good enough to keep him in Europe. I didn't see this coming. I thought that 
a Inter or a Tottenham or some of the other clubs that have been linked to him would make a suitable offer to keep him in Europe. I don't think they have to pay 11.5, but I thought somebody would be coming in with, a, at minimum, he's not going to be losing money based off what he's making now and potentially making a little bit more. Doesn't appear to be the case. 30 years old, um, according to pretty much everybody, Fabrizio Romano, Sky Sport Italia, all kinds of different outlets, uh, the deal's all but done. Now, there are some things Toronto have to do to get roster compliant, and that's a different conversation. And that is not going to block this move. Because you need two designated player spots if you want to then go get another player that has been linked, uh, Andrea Bellotti. Um, There's also a few other Italian forwards that have been linked. Uh, The Bellotti rumors are, are much more nebulous in terms of Some people have said yes, some people have said no, some people have said there's no talks. I mean, it's all over the map. Welcome to MLS Silly Season, because this is where it stands. You're going to get rumors, you're going to get reports, and you're going to get reports that contradict other reports and other rumors, and sometimes it's hard to tell which is which. That's just the reality of of how things are covered right now around this league. Uh, Let's leave the Bellotti stuff to the side. They need designated player spots. They have two players that have been linked with exits in Toronto, uh, Josie Altador and Jefferson Soteldo. Soteldo's easy. Um, sounds like Palmeiras is interested in bringing him in, going back to Brazil. He was previously with Santos. Um, there will be money given there. I don't know how much, but there will be a fee spent. That's a no-brainer. That's easy. That's done. If he doesn't want to be in Toronto, you move him on. Josie Altador is a different one now. Fabrizio Romano reported that the two sides have talked about a $4.5 million buyout. And, and that would be, to, to be very clear, that is not an MLS buyout. That is what any club in the world would do to say, hey, we don't want you here anymore. Hey, you can be a free agent. How much is it going to take to buy out your contract and let you walk? That's not the MLS buyout. The MLS buyout is really not even a a buyout exactly. It just takes you off the roster. Remember Pellegrini in Miami where they had to do that. He was still getting paid by MLS, and he was still an MLS contracted player. That's not the same thing. This would be a free and clean mutual consent parting of the ways with a check going to Josie Altidore to do that. Okay, if they're doing that, that's easy. You could always do the MLS buyout if you can't get that done. And if it's down to one player, then sure, you can do that whenever the time comes for it. You don't have to do that right now. Making room for Insigne is easy. It's not going to hold it up. They've got the money. I mean, John can speak a little bit more about Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and and explain that, yeah, they ain't going broke, and they've been doing this for a while anyway. But for Lorenzo Insigne... If it is $3.5 million a year at Napoli, there's no other offer that is tempting enough, or it's eleven point five plus $4.5 million in add-ons to go to Toronto. It's kind of a giant duh at 30 years old to take that. And yes, he will come in and he will do well, but no, he will not come in and run roughshod over the league and score 50 goals and have 30 assists and nobody can play on his level. He will find it challenging, but yeah, he'll be potentially the most talented player in the league. It's it's a really interesting spot where MLS is right now, John. And going into all of this, where Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment were concerned, after what happened with Toronto last year, chasing the wooden spoon, 
being saved by FC Cincinnati. You had the feeling that with Bob Bradley coming in, that there was going to be some kind of cash splashing here to try to turn things around. I didn't know it was going to be possibly to the three times the extent of a current contract to bring in Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, and I'll, like I said, I'll leave the Bellotti and everything else to the side. Yeah, yeah, those are much more ambiguous. But on the surface of sitting there and saying, okay, tell you what, we'll pay you three times what you're making, plus the possibility of add-ons that could take it closer to five. You figured there would be some kind of cash splashing going on, and if they're going to dispose of Josie Altador in a buyout, that adds to that. The history is there for this ownership group, regardless of what property we're talking about. Toronto Maple Leafs, they spend money. Raptors, they spend money. The buildings they own, they spend money. The condos that they build next to these arenas, they spend money. It is not a problem for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment to spend money. There is the expectation, obviously, internally, that they want things turned around very quickly. Unless, of course, you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and you just continue to spend cash after cash after cash and nothing happens. But, well, but they're spending money to try to yes. turn it around. Yes, they're that is a not. consistent element in their DNA. Right. They are going to spend money to try to turn things around or improve their lot in, in life. So... Just the, the percentage was the stunner for me. The idea that they're going to bring in a shiny object from Europe was not a surprise. But just the, the notion that it is this much, that was to me. The sticker shock for me was the element in all of this that was the surprise more than anything. Yeah, this ain't a shiny object. This is a player. This is a legit player. This is not a, oh, yeah, he did something a while back, and, yeah, give us some press for a little bit. No, this is... This is different, and, and I, I think it's – you've had people say this is bigger than Beckham. It's not because Beckham had both the ability to be a transformative player and was a shiny object in terms of getting you attention that you've never gotten before. Carlos Vela had elements of both as well because of the huge Mexican-American community in this country and in Los Angeles – he was able to be in places and activate interest that Insigne will not. Um, Insigne is an amazing player. You're not getting him to be a shiny object. They're getting him to be a MVP. They're, they're getting him to win things. Uh, they're also playing off of their history with a guy like Giovinco, who um, did say that it is something that Insigne has to be careful about because you know, in Italy... And this is something that Italy has to deal with because there are a lot of people in Italy who obviously have not watched MLS in 10 years or longer or ever who are saying some very dumb and reckless things. Um, Giovinco is, is accurate in saying that Insigne will run the risk of falling off the radar in Toronto because he did. Now, he was not on the radar like Lorenzo Insigne was. The radar did not find Giovinco as much before he came to Toronto, and it didn't want to find him when he was in Toronto. You had national team managers who didn't want to bring him in, even though it was needed to bring him in. Insigne is a little bit different situation. Uh, but that will be part of the perception on the European side of it. And it's disappointing. It's disappointing to hear... Some of the things that have been said on that side. Um, it's also disappointing to hear some of the things that have been said in reverse about Serie A because there's a lot of people who have said things that make it very clear that they have not watched Serie A in five or six years either. So, look, this is kind of getting into the new normal 
right, of where MLS is going to be. Are they going to go sign young, exciting, developing players and then sell them on? Absolutely they are. Uh, There are plenty of players that can speak to that. Are they going to sign guys who are 30, not 35, not 36? Although there'll be some of those guys they'll sign too. But a 30-year-old who just won the European Championship over the summer, are they going to sign players like that? Yeah. Yeah, some clubs will. Not everybody, but some clubs will. Some clubs will look at that 34, 35-year-old veteran to come in for a year or two and do things. That's going to happen as well. And then some clubs are going to look at the 18-year-old from Argentina and bring them in as well. MLS is in a really interesting spot where they can do all of the above. So the the tags of retirement league, well, this is not a retirement league move first off. So just like find a new note card to pull your, your discs from, okay? Um, this is a very big, bold move. And Toronto is a club who has done this before. They, they dropped about $10 million in transfer fee to bring in Michael Bradley. They dropped about $10 million in a transfer fee to bring in Jermaine Defoe. And Jermaine Defoe's went on to have a, a nice career after he left Toronto. Was going to come here, well, came in for a year, wanted to go back to Europe, and he's done just fine since going back. But that was about $10 million. Uh, Posuelo was about $10 million. Giovinco was a huge salary. Altidore has been a huge salary. They have had success. They've won Canadian championships. They have a supporter shield. They have an MLS Cup. They have MLS Cup final appearances in 16 and in 19, and they won in 17. They got to the CONCACAF Champions League final. They've had success with their spending. Now it's fallen off a little bit, and they are reloading, which is a big deal. And it throws the Eastern Conference into a really interesting spot if you're looking across the league because if they go get Insigne and if they go get an Italian striker, let's Bellotti's name has come up from people. Will Forbes has been on the Insigne case for a while. He dropped the Bellotti rumor on Twitter yesterday. There are people who have questioned it and said that there's not been any talks there, but there's other talks. Um Gianluca Di Marzio has also mentioned the Bellotti thing, so it's not just Will Forbes on this one on Twitter. Uh, Sky Sport Italia, Gianluca Di Marzio has mentioned this as well. They're going to go do more. They're not just going to get Insigne, it sounds like. I do still wonder about their defense. And when you look at their back line, they have Chris Mavinga, they have O'Neal, who they just signed, they have Luke Singh. That's their three center backs they have under contract. That's it. They have three outside backs, Kamar Lawrence, Alro, and Richie Larea. All very good, but you're only going to play two of them more than likely, and you have no depth. And is that group, as good as they can be, is that group good enough with the attack that they're putting together? And frankly, with uh, Michael Bradley, who is getting up there and can still play. But he's going to need people to do some running for him, because this is what happens when you get into your mid-30s and... You're a ball-playing central midfielder. You're not going to be able to cover as much ground as he used to. You know, is Osorio or Delgado, are they going to drop deeper to cover for him more? What is that going to look like? Bob Bradley has played a very attacking style at Los Angeles. Um, I would assume he'll do the same here. But he's got kind of the same issues with this roster as it's currently constructed. Now, they could still go drop money. I mean, look, you're not going to get people worldwide tweeting about you going to look for a center back. You know, it's not going to get the headlines, but 
they're going to need to go do that as well. Um, Mavinga has lost a step to me. I think O'Neal is a good piece to have, but I don't think you can count on him. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For 34 games to be at the level that Toronto is looking to try to be at. I just don't see that. So what else do they do is my question. But they're going to get attention with these kinds of moves and these kinds of talks. Ultimately, they're good for MLS. Um, every situation is different. You know, just because Toronto is doing this doesn't mean like it's a bad thing. The league's overspending. This is what Toronto is choosing to do with the money they have, which, you know, as as John said, like Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment is not going broke. They have the money to spend. They can spend it. If you didn't have some of the restrictions in the league about spending, they would spend more. They have. They will. They 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 are they are like that's just the reality. So, you know what they're doing is good for them. What Colorado is doing is good for them. You can find different ways to build, and I think in a league like MLS, those different ways of building actually have more chances of success than they do in other leagues. Where frankly, it's just about how much money you can spend. And that's the key for me in all of this. It's like this is Toronto FC's. This is their DNA. This is what they do. Yes, they do develop players through their academy and what we've seen with Toronto FC 2 and what we've seen in uh, the championship in years past and in League 1 last season. There, there are those occasional players that do come up through their development, but their main DNA is to go out and bring in the established player and spend for it. That's just who they are. To your point about Bob Bradley and roster construction currently, this does have a, a feel for me like it's LAFC East. And you're going to have all of this firepower. And for me, the concern is always going to be at the back. And I want to see if it's addressed, how it's addressed, whatever. But the key here is this, for me anyway, when it comes to Major League Soccer. Do things your way. Don't look at somebody else and sit there and say, oh, we have to do it their way. If it, even if it's outside of who we are, to try to compete. Do your way to try to compete with the Joneses. Don't do what the Joneses are doing to try to compete, if that sentence makes any sense. Do it your way. You can be just as successful as the guy next door who decides he wants to dump his wallet out on the table to try to bring in stars. And I think that that's, for me, it's one of the more interesting aspects of Major League Soccer, that you have teams who go about it different ways. And if 
roster construction and the rules were different, they would be spending more money than they're able to right now. But like it, it for me to see the construction from all these different angles for me, that's the fun part in all of this with the analysis is we're here in the off season. Every team's different. And I really think the biggest difference with this and MLS is that there are teams that are different and have different approaches in other leagues. And, and we can get into to Norwich as an example of that, that now after I think establishing themselves as a club who wants to do it a certain way and knowing the reality of where they are in terms of they only have so much money, they are really going to be in that yo-yo level. Now the frustration is building on that. Now you've got people saying, well, we need investment. We need more money. We need somebody to come buy the club. We need this. We need that. Which is really the only route to being successful in England and really in, in most leagues around the world. Um, it's all about resources in those leagues. Here, it's it's not purely. And, and that's good and bad in different ways. Um, as we talked about yesterday in our, our MLS in 2032 conversation, you know, would it be better across the board if you gave teams the option to give them another option? Because you're going to have a cap. Cap's not going away. You're not going to get rid of a salary cap in MLS ever. Um, I think you're going to see more leagues around the world that have a true salary cap versus some of the spending limitations that they have in other leagues, which is not a salary cap because that's all tied to revenue. I mean, yes, Real Madrid it has a limitation in how much they can spend, but that limitation is a whole lot more than almost every other team in the league combined. So that's not a cap. You'll always have a salary cap in MLS, but do you open it up down the road to give teams the possibility of, instead of having the way it is now, where you can go and drop crazy money on three guys, or two guys, or, or one guy, and then you've got the U22 initiative, and you can figure out how you want to balance all those spots because they are tied together in different ways. All right. But then you can't balance it out, as Burned has said on the Twitch pitch and others have said over the years, of, well, if you want to spend, you know, on your top 12 guys, you want to average $2.5 per player in their salary. You can't do that in, in the way MLS is currently constructed. Do you want to add that into the mix and say, okay, if you want to do that, you can do that and just make it a cap as opposed to cap with designated players with allocation money with this and that. Who knows? We'll see where that goes. But even then, if that happens, I think you still have different ways of being successful in this league that you just don't in other leagues. Um, you're going to have ownership in this league that are going to push the envelope with signings like this. And yeah, they got to spend it. They got to spend the money to get a guy like Insigne. You're not going to get him by offering him the same amount as Napoli's offering. You're not going to get him with the same amount that Tottenham or Inter would be offering if they've made an offer. You're going to have to get his attention. Money gets people's attention. That much money will absolutely get your attention. And it's not like Toronto is a bad place to be anyway. It's kind of a nice city. You know, it's kind of kind of cool. Giovinco is going to really vouch for that as well. So, okay. Toronto is going to go down that road. Atlanta is going to go down that road in a different way. You know, I, I would never see Atlanta going after Lorenzo Insigne at 30 years old, but they're going to go and spend that money on a young up-and-coming player that they think they can flip and do it, but they're going to spend money. LAFC is going to spend money. The LA Galaxy have spent money. New York City can, and they're going a little bit more towards the Atlanta route of young and up-and-coming guys they're going to bring in. 
like a Magno, like a Santiago Rodriguez. Looks like they could be uh, flipping Tati Castellanos for eight figures. $12.5 million is the reported offer from Palmetto's. You're going to see teams approach roster building in very different ways. You're going to see your Dallas's and your RSL's and your teams that build from within Philadelphia. Um, you're going to see your Colorado's that maybe don't build from within, but build from within the league. Cool. I, I like it. You can find a route that fits your ownership group, your level of resource, and yeah, you can find different ways to be successful. It's good. Bringing in a guy like Insigne in general for the league is a good thing. It's going to get attention. However, there are going to be the people who never want to give the good attention, who will always try to give the bad attention, who will always try to spin it in a negative way. Don't worry about it. I, it there's really nothing much you can do about that at this point. Um, Toronto is not doing, and this is, this is where I, I think it frustrates me. When you take the Norwich conversation to the side, and I, I was listening to Talk Sport a little bit this morning, and they were talking about Norwich and where they are and who they are and, and what's next for them. And, you know, you're starting to hear the pundits say in, in England that, well, they're going to have to spend more money. They're just going to have to spend more money. They can't continue to do what they're doing. Okay. If Norwich spent not this money because they don't have this money. If they spent an equivalent of this kind of money to try to stay up, and that's what people are saying they want from Norwich. They want them to stay up. They want them to be consistently in the Premier League. Okay. If they did that and they overspend because they don't have unlimited resources, they don't have the kind of money that a Toronto ownership group does, and it doesn't work. You do that, you place the bet that Leeds did back in the day, that Portsmouth did, that Blackburn did, that Sunderland did, that QPR did. I mean, we can go on Bolton. We can go on and on and on and on and on. Spending that money, the demands to spend that money, and then you get relegated. And then you don't come back. And then maybe you don't survive. But that's where the demands are starting to get for some of these clubs. That's not going to happen in MLS. You know, the idea like, oh, they can't spend this kind of money because, oh, the, 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 what's coming in and revenue. No, 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 no. They can spend the money. They, they got it. They're good. The checks are going to clear. But then alongside that, in other countries, you've got the other idea of, no, they've got to spend. They've got to spend. They've got to spend. They've got to spend to be competitive. And that's what's driven a lot of clubs into bankruptcy, into Salernitana situations, into Parma situations, into, you know, go through all those clubs in England we just mentioned. You know, like, it's this weird thing of, well, an MLS wants to spend money, that's bad. But yeah, we want clubs to spend to the brink of going out of business in other countries, and that's good. No, 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 that's not. It's just these weird situations with, with all of this. MLS is not going to come in and be the wallflower at the party in the Global Leagues Forum or whatever you want to call that thing. They're not going to stand there up against the wall and, and, and wait for somebody to, to ask them to dance. MLS is coming in and strutting through the door, and they bought a nice suit, and they want people to see them. And that's just how it's going to be, and it's going to rub some people the wrong way, and you're going to get some of the talk, retirement league. Insigne is not retiring anytime soon. 
you're going to get those things because, frankly, people don't like the new kid on the block. But then they're going to contradict themselves about what they're asking other clubs and other leagues to do and this and that. It's just so entertaining the way this is going because whenever MLS does something like this that is disruptive, ooh, people getting their feelings about it, ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that, that's the thing. It's like, you want your league to spend. You want your club to spend. I mean, I don't know if people think about the league like, you know, people think about the SEC or something, but. Yeah, I know. You want your club to spend, but then if you get in trouble for overspending, then you're looking for somebody to help you out. Yeah, or you're blaming people then. But yeah. people are demanding Norwich to spend now money. Re- you see what happened? Yeah. It's so weird. Like, people are demanding that your, your Norwiches, and it's not just Norwich. They're just the, the latest one that's like, ah, you can't just be a yo-yo club. Well, maybe that's literally what they are in terms of how much they can spend. And it's better for them not to go away mm-hmm. and not to go out of business by overspending and then getting relegated, which will happen at some point because it does. Because they're never going to spend to the amount to ensure that they stay up. I mean, it's just not smart. So now it's like that's a bad thing. When they've been financially responsible, where so many others haven't been, now that's a negative. Come on. Yeah, I know. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like Delia Smith, the one of the owners, one of the primary owners of Norwich City, she's like the British version of Martha Stewart. Yeah. And Let's be having you. And it, the whole idea with her, and Daniel Farka has said this in the past when he was in charge, that they only could spend X amount. Or in one particular January window, they couldn't spend it all and had to do things through loans. And, I th- and I'm paraphrasing what Farka said at the time. It's like we're having to pay for our past sins. And Nor- Norwich understands who they are, at least in the front office and the ownership group. The only way that Norwich can spend, 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 spend and try to stay up and do all these kinds of things is if Delia Smith and Michael Wynn-Jones sell. And then you get that situation like we've seen with Newcastle where you have the big money owner come in, sit there and say, yes, we want to spend and we want to have Norwich stay and be a pillar of the Premier League. Right now, the way they're currently constructed, which is sound financially, as a yo-yo club, yes, they are sound financially, and yes, they are a yo-yo club, is that right now they'll be in that top 25. But the, you know, right now, the way that things are constructed, they'll come up, they'll win the championship, they'll be a part of the championship playoff, they might poke their head in the door for a year. Then because of what they can't spend by comparison, then... The parachute payment will come. They'll go down to the championship, and they'll try to spend within reason. And then the players like a, a you know, a Cantwell and a Timu Puki, perhaps those kinds of players, you know, Max Aaron's in the past, they will be sought, and perhaps you can get, you know, you can get them purchased and reinvest that in the club. That's the question: Do you want to reinvest and be solid financially, or do you want to be a Bury or a Bolton or a Pompey or a Sunderland? That's the that's the key here. I think that folks are looking for that instant gratification, and they're not. And there's and it's damn the consequences until the consequences are knocking on the door, and the British tax man who's undefeated sits there and it's like you know, hey, is you know he what? undefeated? 
I think so. I don't know about that. I think he might be defeated a few times. Um, other, let's put it this way. In other countries, the tax man is undefeated. The The Spanish tax man's on a hot streak. The Italian tax man is flexing his muscles. I think the German tax man ha- has emerged here lately and is looking at Bayern with some different things. Uh, I think the English tax man is easily avoided is maybe the best way to put it. Don't they usually do the a lot of the big... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big like rock acts would have their accounts in France or whatever. The French tax man's a joke. I think we know that much. That is true. Um, but I think they can avoid the English tax man really easily. Yeah. I mean, and Coco on the on the Twitch pitch has it right. Yeah, We want teams to spend and laugh at them when they turn into Derby County. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's what's frustrating is that, you know, you can't have it on both sides. So then when MLS is going to spend and they have a structure to where you're not going to have a Derby County and you're not going to have a team that, that disappears or, or potentially disappears or goes bankrupt or misses their payments or, or X or Y or Z, it's like, oh, no, they can't spend. It's so funny. Um, there's a lot of people worldwide who are threatened by MLS's growth. And I love it. And I hope it continues. And I hope that they continue to feel threatened and continue to get in their feelings about it. Because this will not be the last time that this stuff happens. Uh, let's get into Belotti for just a minute. He is out of contract in the summer as well. Uh, he's injured right now. He's out until February, which has put some people off and trying to get him in January or signing him to a pre-contract. Uh, he's 28, so he's even younger. He's a little bit more of a surprise um, just because of the age, I-, I think. But that injury and the timing of it, maybe this ends up being a little bit of like a one-year or one-and-a-half year with the way the MLS calendar works a little bit. Uh, maybe it's a shorter term stay, but it might end up working out for both sides really well. Um, unless he wants to stay at Torino, but I don't think Torino is going to be able to offer anything remotely like Toronto if they want to get him. Um, but is an interesting one. I think it's less likely just because of the situation. I would assume there'd be more interest that is reasonable to try to keep him, but let's Let's wait and see. Again, DiMarzio uh, De and Will Forbes have both said that Toronto is after um, Andrea Bellotti. He's out of contract in the summer, just like Insigne. That's one of the big questions with Insigne and with Bellotti is do they come in January for the beginning of the season or do they come in June or July in this case? Um, now, remember, the MLS window is open longer. Uh, I'll have to check the dates on that this year and see how long it goes. It's run as early as, as uh, early May in the past. 
So you could get into a scenario where you know those players stick around with their clubs for a while, but then come to MLS earlier than the summer window in Europe, but not at the beginning of the season. That could end up coming into play here. Uh, some other rumors. Mentioned the Tati Castellanos, one for 12.5 from Palmetas. According to uh, reports, NYC wants more in the $15 million range. That was where I thought their their valuation would be at the beginning. So, yeah, you might be able to get that from Palmetas. But Tati Castellanos also spoke to uh, radio in Argentina, and he was very clear in saying he'd love to go to Italy, and, and that would be his preferred destination. I don't know if you're going to get 15 out of clubs in Italy. Uh, Genoa is one who has been linked to him, and I think they were in the 8 to 10 range. But if he really wants to go one place, the club's going to have to try to get more money there and probably get the deal done there. Um, I don't know if he wants to go to Palmettis or not at this point. Just from that interview, it sounded like he really wanted to get into Europe and get into Italy. Uh, according to reports out of Argentina, Austin have accepted an offer from River to take Tomas Pochettino on loan for a year with a purchase option. Didn't have a great year in Austin. Uh, was coming off of a great year out of the Argentine league. Didn't really seem to fit. This might be a, a good approach for him on any which way. I'd assume the purchase option is worthwhile for Austin. And if he goes and is purchased, well, then it's worthwhile. If he goes and he isn't purchased and he comes back, he should be increased in confidence. He should be back in a better way to play and help them in 23 down the road. But uh, I'd love to see more moves like that. A guy comes, he's not quite the fit, but he has value for a club like River that is reloading a little bit. Okay. Make a loan with an option to buy and you figure it out from there. Um, Lanus reporters and blogs are talking about Diego Valeri. Valeri is a Lanus legend. He is under contract in Portland, but all the talk in Portland had been this was his last year in Portland. Um, the The reports in the Lanus conversation are that Portland is, is basically allowing him to go if he wants to go. They're, they're going to let him go on a free. They're not going to get a transfer. They're not going to hold him up for anything. Um, if he can go to Lanus and they're going to sign him, Portland will will let him walk, probably terminate the contract, and, and let him go. Right thing to do. If, if that's what is wanted, I don't think he is going to be able to contribute the way that Portland would need him to this year. Um, if he wants to go play at Lanus for a year or, or maybe a little longer and see out his career there, I think that's a good move for everybody. He's he's deserved that with what he's given Portland, and, and I would assume they'll do right by him. Today, NA is reporting that Rodolfo Pizarro is going to leave Miami and go to Monterrey, back to Monterrey. They had been linked with him before. Chivas had been linked with him. I think Club America had been linked with him, all the usual suspects. But Monterrey is reportedly going to bring Pizarro in. I never expected him to be back in Miami, not with uh, him trashing Gonzalo Higuain on a regular basis on Instagram or at least liking people who were trashing Gonzalo Higuain on a regular basis. Uh, Oscar Pereja of Orlando is talking to the Argentine newspapers about Gaston Gonzalez, 20-year-old at Union de Santa Fe in the Argentine First Division. Five goals, seven assists as a 20-year-old. Transfer fees rumored to be in the $2 million range. He's a left winger. That feels like a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking a couple million for a guy who you know had... 12 goal contributions in the Argentine First Division last year, and he's 20. 
yeah, he's worth the the risk of a couple million. No brainer. That, that's a good pickup. And with them losing Mueller and potentially losing DK, I think if you have Gonzalez on one side and Vanderwater on the other side, okay, who's going to be up top? That's the question. But that's pretty good on the wings if if he comes through as you would expect that he could. DC are linked to Yaw Yaboa, who is at uh, Visla Krakow. Um, he graduated from the Right to Dream Academy. Uh, he's Ghanaian. Was signed as a 17-year-old by Manchester City when he graduated from the Right to Dream Academy. Never played there. Was on loan at Lille, at FC Twente, at Real Oviedo. Uh, joined Numancia. Loaned up to Celta Vigo. Um, then he ends up in Poland. He's been part of Ghana's national teams over the years. He was not part, or not named to the AFCON preliminary roster. He turns 25 in March. Um, he can play on either flank. This this does not feel like a no-brainer to me because there had been reports that Atletico San Luis was mentioned with him um, in Mexico with an $8 million transfer. DC's record is $5 million. That's what they paid for Edison Flores. I'm not spending, and this is where the, the numbers get out of whack for me. Okay, two wingers, right? 20-year-old Gaston Gonzalez from the Argentine First Division and 25-year-old Yaliaboa from Poland who scored five goals in 19 games, nine in 47 since joining the team in August of 2020. I think the production's probably on the Gonzalez side, although it's you know more limited experience. And you're talking two million, and you're talking in the eight million range. Uh... yeah. Evaluations seem to be out of whack. Look, maybe there's nothing to it. Maybe DC's is being linked to it by an agent trying to drive that price up, but I, I don't know. I don't get that one at all. Um, 25-year-old who's bounced around club to 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 club I don't think $8 million is the right kind of spend there for that player because it just makes no sense. I don't know. We'll see. Moves that did go down yesterday. Maxi Uruti goes to Austin. He completes the Texas hat trick of clubs. And Charlotte... Uh, signed Christian Kalina from Ludogorets in Bulgaria. He will be their goalkeeper. Uh, Glenn Davis is also reporting, hasn't gone down yet, but Glenn Davis in Houston is reporting that Paolo Nagamura will be the next Houston Dynamo manager, not Jaime Lozano. Uh, some of the conversation in Houston was that they liked Lozano a lot, but Nagamura just blew them away in the interview process, and that's the direction they want to go. He was last with Sporting Kansas City, too. Lots of MLS stuff. I'm sure there will be more coming up today. Uh, what if that jumps out to you, John? Well, first and foremost, let's let's work backwards and go with Nagamura. Okay. I mean, you and I got to see him with Sporting Kansas City, too, and how he's able to work with younger players and develop them and have them be a part of a system. And so I think that you know, if you're looking to – have that same kind of development with younger talent, work your way through, and that's how you want to build right now with uh, the Dynamo in this current administration. I think that uh, Nagamura would it's uh, be that's an interesting hire for me, and I just want to see if you're going to get that that build from within, in addition to bringing in players to help you out that are the the veterans of that process as well. 
you know, obviously, you know, we talked about uh, Maxi Ruti with the Texas hat trick. I thought that that was, I thought that that was interesting, getting that kind of a veteran for you to help out with uh, with Austin, considering they were having issues scoring goals last year. You bring in this kind of veteran presence to help out with the younger talent. The uh, the Yaboa signing for the Yaboa interest for me yeah. is uh, you know it, that's uh, mm, yeah you, you wonder about the evaluation process if uh, Atletico San Luis is looking at eight million and you've only spent five where's the, the what's the evaluation here that's the that that one for me gave me the the old fashioned question mark bubbles over your head you're kind of sitting there and you're going okay this is intriguing. And are you serious about this eight million to go higher than your five, or is this an agent, or that that kind of palace intrigue for me, where Yaboa is concerned, was was an interesting one as well. And Orlando City doing business, you know, once again not a surprise. Pizarro leaving once again not a surprise. But once again, I will continue to say this with my hand over my heart and my hand in the air like this for those who are watching on the Twitch pitch. Watch your sourcing. Please watch, your, watch so- your sourcing. Please, please, please watch your sourcing. Please watch your sourcing this time of year and in any transfer window. When you see something come across for a team, if it's your favorite team, if it's your number one team, or if it's any of the teams that go up against your favorite club, check your source, the number of followers, and their histories. Mm-hmm. Because there's stuff that has come out in the last couple of days, and it's folks with you know, maybe a hundred followers that are sitting there and saying interest. And, you know, it's all in all caps complete with a photo. And someone has taken some time to do some Photoshopping with a particular player and sitting there saying, Hey, look, these players are, in, uh, this teams are interested in this particular player. Watch your sourcing, check your numbers and understand that folks are going to be doing these kinds of things and reporting these kinds of stories and interests that don't have any real plug in to what's really going on. So just keep an eye on that. This it seems like this is our Surgeon General's warning this time of year to watch your sourcing. You should probably have some kind of a lower third every time that we mention something like this at the bottom of the screen that's a crawl. Watch your sourcing and have that in all flashing letters. Just watch your sourcing, folks, when you see stuff come across. It's maddening because it, there's different layers to it. Like There are people who just make stuff up. And are not trying to be serious and are making jokes or thinking they're making jokes or whatever, but they're not making it look like a joke. And it's tricking people. That's happening. There's no intent for anything there. It's just it's happening. Then there are people who have very limited resources and are just guessing and trying to make a a name for themselves by throwing things out there and saying, oh, look, I hit on this one. Well, you missed on 27 other ones uh, because you're just taking guesses. Like, yes, I, I can pick players' names out of a hat and say, I think they might be going to this club. Or it would make sense if they went to this club and Very put it in different ways. Yes. yes, you could do that and hit on one out of 30. And yeah, I hit on that one. Yay. But you're just guessing. Then there are people who actually do have some sources who have maybe not the best of sources. Or get worked by their sources, which happens as well. Uh, you got agents who want things out there for very specific reasons, not the truth. You got clubs who want things out there for very specific reasons, maybe not the truth. You got players who want things out there for specific reasons, maybe not the truth. You've got that level. 
And then you've got people who are well-sourced and know the differences between all those things and put things out. So it's like they're all different. You have to, to take them all different. Like the ones that are jokes, they're jokes, and, and don't even waste your time and don't put air to it. The ones that are guesses, start to figure out that they're guesses and, and put those to the side. That's, that's speculation. That's, that's being a pundit. That's just throwing things out. People who have some sources but maybe haven't had the best track record over their, their run. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or they're, they're limited in sourcing. You can take it and have the light bulb go off over your head, but follow up and look into it and see if this is getting any play anywhere else. It's very easy. I mean, this is when I started doing the stuff and trying to gauge it, when I would see a rumor come up that felt too good to be true, usually it is. Um, but when it would come up, do a search for player name and club or player name and transfer or player name and oferta. You know, whatever you want to look for and and do some searches and see, all right, is this the only person talking about it? Because if they are, it's probably not legit. If it's somebody legit who is then being picked up by other places, okay. But you will sometimes see somebody that's not legit picked up by other dubious places. Yes. Picked up by other blogs. And you have to then see, well, it's not anybody else reporting it. It's the same person reporting it. It's just being picked up by dubious blogs. You have to put in a little bit of work on some of this because you can't just fall for what somebody tweeted, um, especially if they are anonymous, especially if they are not working with a reputable outlet. Um, and even if they are, sometimes you have to make sure, like, well, maybe this isn't 100%. It's just what it is. Um, but there's so many different areas to it. Let's get into Thomas Tuchel for a little bit before we get Mike Conti on the line in a couple of minutes. Uh, old Tommy is talking, and I like Tommy a lot. Uh, Thomas Tuchel does not care for some of the Premier League's uh, nonsense. He would mm-hmm. probably use different phrases. Zero uh, percent understanding why the Premier League is set to muddle through this chaotic winter with only three substitutes. Suggested, quote, everybody is refusing, unquote to consider the return to five permitted changes. If I'm not mistaken here, didn't the Premier League in the the interrupted season, the 1920 season, when they came back and finished it, didn't they use five subs then? And then they did not use them last season. They used five subs last season, Domer. Okay. So they, I, I couldn't remember if they used it last season or not. Um, 
I knew they did when they came back. Okay, so they used it last season. Now they don't want to do it this season. Um, full quote. I absolutely cannot understand 0% why we are the only league that plays through winter and we are the only league with three substitutes in a period of heavy, heavy COVID threat and situations. It makes absolutely no sense. It is the situation that is worrying. The schedule's not the problem. I would disagree on that. I don't like the schedule, but he says the schedule's not a problem. We love the schedule. Five changes were invented in the UK or permitted when Corona first started. Now we're in the middle of it. I get the feeling everybody is refusing it or refusing to think about it. It's absurd that they're not using five subs right now while trying to play through this. It's just absurd. You have another game that's been postponed. Um, Newcastle and Everton on Thursday. Uh, coronavirus cases and injuries in the Newcastle stats camp. And, and look, this is the problem. The consistency on the postponements. You know, now because players are injured because of the stupid fit festive fixture schedule, Callum Wilson, Alan St. Maximin, both injured. Now games are getting postponed because of injuries plus COVID or COVID plus injuries and what, like, what is the line? And it doesn't seem to be consistent. Now, then the flip side, you want another country to compare it to, and you want you know other leagues to compare it to, Spain, La Liga. Matches can only be postponed if five or fewer first-team players are available. So what they're saying is you got to field your, your U23s, your, your U19s, U21s, whatever, and if you have five or fewer first team players available, then yes, we're postponing. Otherwise, we're playing. That's a hard and fast line. You can argue, should it be six? Should it be seven? Should it be ten? I mean, you can argue that, but at least it's easy to understand. This feels like a guessing game, but Newcastle made a good case, and now this game's going to be postponed, and look, they need it to be, because that's the other factor here, is now, and in the EFL... Teams are not as reluctant to uh, maybe shake the apple cart here. In the EFL, you're starting to get illusions from teams towards other teams, and they have a different postponement process, that they're postponing games not really because of COVID, because they don't want to drop a result because they got this injury or they're missing this one key player or this or that. You're getting the talk of shenanigans yes. there, and you're going to get it in the Premier League, too, because Newcastle's a prime example. And and look, if you have the opportunity to request the cancellation and it's granted, more power to you. I'm not mad at you. But if you could have played, but now you're missing two key players, and this game would probably be rescheduled on a Champions League night, is what I would assume. They're already talking about doing that. Maybe you get these players back. And when you look at every three points that Newcastle is trying to get right now, it is essential for survival. So, of course, they would want games postponed. This is where it gets really tricky. Now, I, I know Alex. I know Alex is uh, he's, he's, he's getting riled up because we're, we're questioning Newcastle. Uh, they had three keepers in the squad against Man United because they were already struggling to field a full team as before the injuries. Look, the rules are there. I'm not... I'm not mad at any way at Newcastle for doing this. I've been mad at the Premier League for their inconsistent cancellation policy from the beginning. Newcastle should take advantage of it if they get the opportunity to. They have had issues. But the idea, and this is where the Premier League needs to be clear, you don't have games canceled because of injuries ever. Ever. 
So why are the injuries factoring in now when they don't at other times? That feels like a slippery slope. Because, as we have had this conversation many times in other things about, oh, you don't want this player to go away on national team duty for a meaningless World Cup qualifier. Oh, yeah, he pulled his hamstring. He's going to be out for a little while. Yeah, he pulled his hamstring. He can't go. No, no, he, he pulled it. It's, it's, it's bad. He, he, see, we have the footage of him hopping off the training pitch. See, watch him hop. Watch him. Watch, watch, watch the hopping. Watch the hopping. He can't go. Why can't you do that now? Why can't you do that now if you're a team that has some COVID situations? And maybe not quite enough to get a postponement. And maybe you got a really key player who's, who's pretty beat up, pretty tired, needs a break. I'm going to be shooting some footage of him hopping off a training pitch. Oh, yeah, see, he's hamstring. He, he, he's going to be out for you know a couple of games at least. Roof. Yeah, he's going to be out. Here you go. I mean, think about it in, in the, the extreme example going the other way. Uh, Burnley and Sean Dyche, who apparently uh, walked in the snow uphill both ways to school growing up. He did, he'll tell you. And right now they've only played 15 matches. They are anywhere from two to four behind everyone around them. And they're in the, the relegation fight right now. Last game they played was December the 12th. Since then, three consecutive fixtures. Watford, Villa, Everton. They all applied to have them postponed. They were all postponed. So you're looking at a massive car crash for Burnley when all of these games get put back in the hopper so they can stave off relegation. And even with two points in hand right now to Watford, they're only two points out of the relegation zone, but they're in a fight. They've got 11 points. Newcastle's got 11 since we talked about Newcastle having played 19 matches, finally getting one postponed. Norwich is at 10 points. So Burnley's on the other end of that relegation scrap where they've got four matches to make up somewhere down the line, and they'll probably do it walking uphill uh, in the snow both ways going to and from school. Of on course. A daily basis. He'll, he'll make his players do that. Yes. You know, they'll all play in short sleeve shirts yeah, and of course. very short ties. Yeah. So, Not I mean, Barkley's at no the other matches. end of this discussion with all of the matches that they have to make up in this fight to stay afloat. Right. I mean, there, there's lots of different layers to it, but it, it's the inconsistency that's the no issue. Doubt. And the, the EFL's different than the Premier League, so we'll keep that to the side for now. They're going to fight amongst themselves because clubs can call games off, not the league. That's ridiculous. The Premier League, with policies that are not actually binding it seems like it's an issue because i mean sabudio says you know eddie howe doesn't seem like the kind of manager who would would want to go down that road and yeah i would agree but i would be wondering why this is now being postponed with injuries being cited as well if that's the official opinion because it shouldn't be if the injuries are the issue um it just shouldn't be all of it's a mess and if you're going to play through, which we've had this conversation too, I don't know if there's an easy solution of you take a break for a week. That's not going to make it go away. You take a break for two weeks. The only thing that makes it go away. Um, you're not going to take a break for more than that. You're probably not going to take, be able to take a break for two weeks because you already have games that are going to have to be re, you know, rescheduled and you're already getting backloaded. 
um, then you have to have strict policies of, okay, this is when you play, this is when you don't play. And that's it. And, and that's just the reality of it. I, it's, it's not fun. It's not a pleasant place to be. But the, the five substitution thing and having a strict policy feel like no-brainers to me. But I'm not in charge of the Premier League. And I'm probably glad for that. Probably most people are glad for that, too. Um, but I don't really get it. Not understanding it. We will uh, talk about Toka football and eliminize here in just a bit. But first, we're going to get Mike Conti on the line. He is waiting anxiously to join the conversation. And we're going to get back into MLS a little bit here as Mike Conti joins us. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Happy Happy almost New Year. Almost New Year. John, you were at the the Birmingham Bowl yesterday, right? Uh, Against better judgment, yes, sir. Where were those refs from? Question. I, I, I just, like, I don't, I didn't really have a rooting interest in that game. Uh, but Leanne and I were watching it. I'm like, man, Auburn's really getting a tough whistle today. I, I don't know if you guys saw it the same way there or not. But, uh, the, the, two, uh, the two targeting calls that re- uh, registered the ejections. Yeah. Uh, the one on Smoke Monday after we all got to look at it uh, on the big board. Wait a minute. They have a player named Smoke Monday? That's smoke yeah. is yeah smoke Monday. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And um, I'm sitting here scanning quickly to see if I can find where this crew is from. But yeah, their their interpretation. Pac-12 of, is what Ricky Ricardo saying. Well, what, where Pac-12, twelve fourteen. Well, they were terrible. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were not good yesterday. No, and I mean even and even the the video review what was out to lunch. Yeah, Pac-12 official. Yeah. What do you think of the stadium? That's UAB's new football stadium. Yeah, protective. Okay, so protective. I was there. It seats forty-five. Right. It doesn't seem like forty-five. I mean, it's 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 a very well put together forty-five thousand seat mid-level stadium. There are things that they have to address. They have to address uh, crowd. Because really, there are only a few ways in and a few ways out. Hate that. And we have a sellout of 45,000 like this was yesterday. And you have so many people heading up one ramp. Yeah. And you have so many people leaving, and there's only one way out in the south end zone. Uh, Literally, the, the ramp itself, it looked like it was constructed with metal on the underside, probably aluminum, and cement over the top, so it felt like a cantilever bridge. Mm-hmm. And so as you're walking from the top of the ramp down into the concourse, the top of that ramp is swaying because Ooh. of all of the traffic on it. And I'm th- sitting here thinking to myself, man, what is going on here? I just Did Ooh. I not eat enough with the hot dogs or anything? Did I not eat enough food? Is my stomach doing something to me? But no, literally the top of the ramp, was shaking because of all of the traffic that was on it. All of the foot traffic was causing it to shake. But they've got to worry about. They've got to work on their their ingress and their egress. They've got to work on their concessions. But I understand considering current situations. Yeah. And, and other than that, Protective is a very nice facility with a lot of promise for the, the Birmingham. Legion, yeah, I was going to say the Legion are going to play there, right? Yep. Yep. They're, Moving into that stadium, which means, I mean, look, Atlanta United's played friendlies in Birmingham each of the last two years. 
I don't think it's far-fetched to believe that Atlanta United might be playing in that stadium one day down the road. So I was just curious what, what your view of it was being there in person because it looked really good on TV, and it definitely looked like uh, the field was wide enough for soccer, yeah. uh, maybe even wider than it needed to be for soccer. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it looks like it'll be very, very good for, for soccer as well. Uh, you get into acoustics and sight lines, especially in the corners. It's a bit of an issue, especially if you're – kind of toward the end zone where you're tilted at about a 45 degree angle. So, uh, like I said, acoustics and sight lines are a little, a little goofy too, but overall I would give protective a, a, uh, probably a B that needs improvement. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll get a chance to see it one day. I certainly hope. Yeah. I would imagine that we will. Um, couple of new MLS rumors on the board, uh, before we get into this with you, Mike, uh, James Sands being linked with a loan move to Rangers in Scotland. I'm sure Jarrett Smith will appreciate that one totally. Um, and former NYC player Jesus Medina, who's out of contract and said he's leaving the league, is very close to signing with Siska Moscow in oh, the Russian Premier League. That's very interesting. Yeah, he's out of contract. Um, but that's not where I expected him to end up. But okay. That's not a terrible league. Um, no. I, in fact, I think it, it, we don't rate that league high enough in the United States just because um, those matches are not extremely accessible it's, on uh, linear television. I put it, it, it's one of the, the biggest leagues that isn't widely available in the United States. Um, it might be the biggest who's not widely available, but I'd put it at the bottom of the next tier i mean you've got your big five with with england and germany and france and spain and italy and france is the the five there solidly the rest are you can fight amongst yourselves the next tier i'd put the russian league probably towards the bottom of it with your portugals with your belgiums your netherlands um probably not austria they're probably around there with russia or below I think the thing with Russia is it's it's very top heavy, and that's one of the big clubs. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get past the top few league, the top few teams, it's it's a pretty significant drop off, right, John? You know that league a little bit better than I do, yes. probably. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, take your first three or four, and maybe get into European competition, and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's maybe a little more uneven than some of those other leagues. But but still for Medina, I mean, Siska Moscow was in Europa, yeah. I think, last year. Yep. Uh, they were in Champions League a few years ago, I want to say. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that, that's a that's a good spot for him if he's going to play. I mean, I, I think, just like we talk about, even with domestic players in MLS who are looking to go to another league, it, it all sounds great until you find out whether or not they're going to play. Uh, and And... Yeah, Jesus Medina is in a, a different boat because I don't look at Medina as like a developing player who necessarily like well, he's got to play a certain amount of minutes or um, he's not going to develop. It's different. It, it right. feels like a good move for him. Uh, James Sands to Rangers feels like an excellent move for him. Yeah, um, I think that's probably a loan with an option to buy and, and almost like a bit of an audition uh, for six months and then they'll make a decision. And- it, 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 are there still any rumors, or is there any smoke to this Castellanos uh, thing? Yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking about where New York City might, uh, how they might stand going into their cup defense, and uh, 
you know, we're we're starting to list a couple players here who are important for them, and none more important than Castellanos. But I haven't seen any rumors about that in about a week. So no, no, that's that's, that's actually no, no, no. The uh, twelve point five million offer from Palmettis. That's okay. that's past rumor stage. Um, that was ESPN yesterday. Um, he has said he wants to go to Italy. Um, I don't know if he's going to get the money to go to Italy, but if it's in the ballpark, they might take it. Um, they want around fifteen, is what's being said. He's he's not going to be back. I I don't see any way he's back. He's done everything that he can do in Major League Soccer. Golden Boot winner. It's time for him to go. They'll yeah. cash in. Um, and I would assume that they're betting on Eber being back to whatever used to be before his knee injury and the the ghost of Eber was playing this season when he couldn't really do anything. But they've also, the the other big one, beyond Sands, because you do have some depth in that position, you got to get a new deal done with Maxi Morales because that's not done right now. Like Medina was already gone. You declined the option, probably for the best, wildly inconsistent. You've lost Ismail Tajori Shradi as well. So, I mean, right now, NYC, like from a depth chart perspective, Sean Johnson, you're good in goal. You got everybody back. You got your three goalkeepers. You've got Amundsen back. You don't have Tor Aronson back right now. I don't think they're going to sign him to a new deal. But you've got Amundsen, who is your regular starter. You're getting Tenor home back at some point, probably. Uh, he did his Achilles in the summer, so it's probably going to be the summer. So at least the first part of the season, you're going to be relying on Tavon Gray again, which is fine. You've got Callens, you've got Chano at center back. You really have no depth beyond that. Then it's Parks, who will be back, which will be a big get for them. Uh, Morales, Acevedo, Zalalem. you got options in that holding midfield around Sands, but you need Morales. You've got Santiago Rodriguez, Tylus Magno, Tiago, Andres Jason, who's a homegrown. But Magno and Andrade were inconsistent. Rodriguez was a little inconsistent, but I thought he came good at the end of the season. And you've got Eber. Like, you've got some glaring holes in the front four five for them mm-hmm. that they're going to have to solve. And then you've got some depth issues. Like, they're not in a great position. When you look at what Atlanta's roster is right now versus NYC's, Atlanta's far more stable roster-wise. And you look at what Toronto's talking about doing, <laughs> NYC wow. defending yeah. in the East is not going to be easy. No, I, absolutely. I mean, uh, th- this uh, senior thing, is a, that's incredible. Um, now, I, I think it is interesting that there are some narratives that are emerging about senior and it's being used to take a shot at Pitti Martinez, which I thought was... Odd. Oh, uh, well, who, who's, who's throwing shade at Pitti with Insigne? I missed this. Um, or who, what, what's the what's the shade? Widely followed MLS account that uh, <laughs> listed the the top five biggest signings in league history and mm-hmm. pointed out that that Pitti is on the list, but only because he was South American Player of the Year, and not because he did anything in the league. Oh, there's, yeah. There's that. Um, except you sold him for a profit. So, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah I mean, anything. maybe I misremembered that, but uh, I seem to remember that happening. Pity um, highlights and how good he was in, in this league. At times, he didn't start well. It, it took him a minute, but you take, it's, you take the second I, half of 19, and you take how he started 20 and ended his time here with the, the last game against Nashville. Mm-hmm. I got no problems. He turned a profit. Anybody who wants to complain about that is trying to create a narrative. 
Exactly. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, now, here's the thing about New York City, though. Uh, they are ambitious. So I, I am sure there is part of a larger conversation going on in their offices right now and that they are not going to um, – they're not going to – sit there and be passengers as Toronto signs Asinye and Atlanta United potentially signs Almada. It sounds like, you know, nothing really has changed there. Uh, I, I don't expect New York City to just kind of watch everyone in the East get better uh, and, and they not do something splashy to address the needs that they have, especially up top right now. Especially if you get eight figures for Tati Castellanos going out there. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like they're going to put that money in the bank. <laughs> you know, they're going to go out and do something with it. So, uh, yeah, please. But yeah. that's fascinating. I mean, that that's um, they're going to be really fascinating to watch. And, and in a way, I mean, what Jason said about Castellanos is spot on. Like New York City is probably assessing right now and looking at, hey, look, I mean, we've accomplished a lot of things. And some of our players have have kind of done what they need to do in MLS, and it's time to, to allow those players to move on. So I'll be really curious to see how it ends up for them. Oof. Just, mm. it, 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 and this, you know, we talk about just narratives and things like that. We talked about sourcing earlier on in the show, and I think that narratives probably is something else that we need to have a Surgeon General's warning on the show about. Yeah, Two, yeah. two different things. True, but sometimes, nevertheless. Sometimes people trade in both, but yes. Fortunately, I think our soccer down here listeners are media literate and uh, can spot the red flags when they pop up. Yes, yes, hopefully. Um, Ricky with a, a good point, and this is something NYC hasn't done too much of lately, but I, I start to wonder what they do strategy-wise. Uh, Ricky says there aren't any Manchester United or Manchester City players who could use a loan spell. Um they haven't gone down that road. What they've done is more of guys like Rodriguez who are coming from like Montevideo City, Torque, and, and Uruguay, a, a city football group club, um, where NYC is like the final test. AAA. Yeah, the AAA club. Yeah, kind of. Um, now, I think they, they should look at that of you know a guy who is maybe trying to break through because Manchester City – has invested in their academy in Manchester as well. And when you got guys who aren't going to break into that first team, send them to New York and, and see if they're ready and use it that way as well. They did like very early on with at least one defender that I remember and kind of liked. Uh, but I would not be shocked if they've got other South American guys that they are monitoring that they think could make the jump long term and New York City could be the the finishing place to do that. So. We'll just see if they do. Um, they're not, I'm with you, though, Mike. They're not going to sit back and say, oh, well, you know, whatever. We'll just throw in the towel this year. They're going to be aggressive. Yeah. Toronto's very aggressive right now, although defensively they're going to have to get more aggressive because they're going to give up a lot of goals. Um, Atlanta's obviously aggressive. The East is going to be bonkers. And I think at times, and last year was one of those times, where it feels like there's a little bit of a, a West Coast bias with the way that the, the league is talked about. I think this past season showed it, and I think what we're about to see in the upcoming season will show it that the East is more competitive top to bottom, and the East in this past season beat itself up more because of the oh, way the I, schedule was constructed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, if you drop 
uh, New York City, Orlando, and or Atlanta into the Western Conference playoffs, I think they're a conference finalist at least. Yeah. Um, I, I really do strongly believe that. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the West Coast bias. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Big Ten when Ohio State and Michigan is not good. Uh, no one really gives any regard or respect to, uh, you know, Wisconsin or Iowa or Penn State because, oh, well, well you know, the, the Big Ten was down because their their flagship teams were not good. Well, you know, the Western Conference's flagship teams were not good this year. Uh, the great LAFC was not good this year. LA Galaxy was not good this year. Um Seattle was good, but I, I still think the glamour Western Conference clubs are the Texas teams and, and the California team. So um, it, it's interesting. I hate to say like that the league needs the L.A. teams to be good, but in a way, the league needs the L.A. teams to be good. Every league does. Uh, every, every, every league yeah. wants the L.A. teams and the New York teams to be good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. Uh, but it's funny because where the league has the most juice right now is not necessarily in those two markets. It's in Cincinnati. It's in Charlotte. It's obviously in Atlanta. It's in Portland. It's in Seattle. Uh, you know, those are the markets right now that that kind of have the juice. Toronto, I, I think, you know, instantly becomes an energized market. Toronto has been a victim of just. Um, a lot of things they can't control with uh, the Ontario government restricting crowds and the, the very heavy COVID restrictions up there and everything. But once they move past all that, I mean, Toronto becomes a market that suddenly has a lot of juice. And, and I think that that's a problem in any professional sports league that has its offices in New York City and L.A., uh, like the NFL. They, they have uh, the commissioner in New York and they have NFL Network and all the, the broadcast up in L.A., Yep. Uh, so I think they kind of get bogged down in those silos a little bit. Um, if, if you pull back the shade a little bit, I think you're going to see that the markets that really have juice and are, are quite frankly, pushing this league along right now um, are the markets I spoke of. Some of them are small markets, but that's still a good thing. That's okay. Um, so it, it's just it's kind of interesting. But I it, back to your point on the Eastern Conference, um, you know, the the – who would you say was probably the worst team in the East this year? It was um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay, Cincinnati. But still, Cincinnati, a team that was drawing very well. And I think a team that was trying. I think Cincinnati was a team that was trying and just whiffed on some things. Um, but, you know, I, Chicago was still good enough on any given day to hang a 3-0 on Atlanta or play New England tough. Uh, D.C. on any given day was good enough to beat anyone in the Eastern Conference last year. Montreal was a very, very pesky team. I, I think if you put Montreal in the Western Conference, not only do they make the playoffs, they probably win a playoff game. You know, so I, I, I think, yeah, my, yeah, Miami, yeah, I mean, from a talent standpoint, now I think Miami is really going to regress. I think Miami is in for a couple lean years, but yes, absolutely. In 2021, yeah, um, you put Miami in the Western conference, they're probably competing for a spot. I don't know if they win a game. I'm not playoffs. so sure. Miami regresses too much. I, I don't think they progress. I, I think that's going to be difficult, but 
they got the Morgan deal done that brought them the allocation money back that they were being fined. So for this year, at least, they, they've made that back. Now, they had to give up Lewis Morgan to do it. Um, they're going to have to hit on some signings because they don't have that margin for error that they would. But it sounds like Pizarro is going back to Mexico. That'll bring them some, some money, at least to work with. It'll give them a designated player spot to work with more than anything. Um, I think they'll be about what they've been. I, I don't think they'll make the jump that they want to make. I don't think that's going to be possible. But I don't think they fall back to the bottom of the conference. I think they're trying to fight into a playoff spot. It's kind of where Miami will be for the next two years. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I guess that's fair. I, um, I think I'm also the only person who thinks that Phil Neville is a good coach and, and can figure something out with them because I I was really impressed by him getting sick of his big money guys uh, playing like bums and, and basically telling them and such. And sitting yeah. them well, down. No one was paying attention to them when they were playing really well. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone had counted them out by the time that they really started to turn things around. You know, we talked about in August and September, Atlanta United was the hottest team in the league in terms of points earned, points earned per match, wins, all that. Miami was not that far behind Atlanta's pace uh, in August and September. I think we just kind of lost track of them, because, at least I did, uh, because they went into that stretch being so far out of it. Um, but no, I mean, Miami is, um, I mean, I, I like Phil Neville a lot. I think he's he's done an excellent job of asserting himself against some of the bigger personalities on that team. And one of those big personality guys is going to likely be gone in Pizarro. And, uh, you know, if they can move on from... Uh, from uh, Matweedy, uh, which I guess they have or will. Uh, no, he's still that. there. He, he's he's still under contract. Um, if, they, if they they would be very well served to try to not be with him much longer. Well, <laughs> I, I think what they'll do because I don't know if they can, and I mean may, they could buy him out if they want to, but I, I don't know what kind of replacements they have. Um, at a minimum, they added that. Uh, Brazilian player Jean Mota as a holding midfielder with experience. I thought Gregory was a really good signing for them, good player. And if you play Matweedy in a more advanced role where you're not asking him to really run and it's, hey, pick a pass and, and, and be the kind of metronome for us in possession and don't worry about defending, we got guys who are going to run for you. You can get another year out of him if you have to. Uh, again, because I think their their ceiling is like sixth. I think that's what you're looking at this year is as high as they can go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's fair. I so think if, that's if fair. you ride the contract out for one more year, knowing what the reality is, that might be the best long term play, uh, unless you have a a player who becomes available, and and that's the wild card about Miami, and that's the thing I think we have to keep in mind, like. Miami as a city is is Miami, and it's going to be attractive to some players. There are some players who are going to say, cool, yeah, they can offer me a decent deal. I, I'll go live in Miami. That's that's pretty nice. That's a good life. And they have David Beckham, who is going to help attract some people as well. So they could pull one. They could pull a move that shocks us. I think they have that ability that some teams in the league just frankly don't have. Yeah. No, it, well... <laughs> kind of an odd way to have those options uh odd way to get there but yeah no it's it's very very true and i mean i'm looking at 
next season in the East. And I mean, you look at what happened last year where you had five through 10 separated by five points, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Orlando, New York, DC, Columbus, Montreal, all within a point of each other down below the playoff bar. I could see it being just as crazy in that five to 10 next year as it was this year in that five to 10 in the East. I think it could be crazy one through 12, <laughs> honestly. I mean, uh, and, and the wild card is Charlotte uh, because we, we don't know what the finished product looks like there yet. Um, Tepper will spend money or do whatever he can. He's to try. He, he sure will try, and he's got some smart people working on it right now, so that's the wild card. I'm, but I'm so baffled by Charlotte right now. In what way? I expected their roster to look a little more coherent at this point. Um, I'm skeptical of a goalkeeper coming in from Ludogorets in Bulgaria as the the, the great signing. Um, I think defensively there's big questions, and I don't know who scores goals. I, the question on the Twitch pitch was, do they look more like Cincinnati or do they look more like Nashville in their first year and I I think it's in between because I I don't think they're as bad as Cincinnati was because I do think they have a great manager and I think he'll have a plan I don't think they're Nashville because frankly I don't think their roster is anywhere close to where Nashville's roster was at this point I think they're more like Austin where they are not very good but at least it feels like there's a plan in place that will get them there in coming years I just don't know, like, Vinicius Mello's a teenager up top. Mackenzie Gaines, you're converting position on him. Jordy Reyna's wildly inconsistent. You know, Alan Franco in the midfield, Jordi Alcivar, players that are well-known by the manager, should be good in this league, but they're making that adjustment. Um, the back line, I mean, Shobashinsky, Corujo, Walks, Walks will play, he knows the league well, could wear the captain's armband. Jalen Lindsay's ready for an upgrade, but there's not anybody that wows you in that team. Not even like Nashville had. I mean, there's not even a Dax McCarty level of wow. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to diss Dax McCarty. I, he's one of the best players MLS has ever had. But there's nobody like that. Walks is the one that you're kind of like, oh, okay. That, that's, that's a good pickup. Lindsay, I think, is potentially a really good pickup. Alan Franco, I think, is a good pickup for them in the midfield. But I just... I don't know how they look this year. I think it's going to be a lot like Austin, where you can see the plan coming together, but they just don't have the talent to pull it off yet. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I keep coming back to is, remember Nashville, didn't they make the deal for Walker Zimmerman like a week before the regular season started? They did. Very, very late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they I, were I pretty solid like, before that, though. That That was like the cherry on top for me. No, no, that's true. But what I mean is... I think they still have time to they do. Um, they do. to maybe crystallize things a little bit more, and and they might they might end up having a, a real surprise up their sleeve come January first. I don't know. They could. Uh, they, they've I, been picking up these international slots like they're going out of style. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, maybe there's an intent to use them come January first. I'm not sure they have in mind. You know, with all of this accruing of all of this, all these poker chips, and they're kind of sitting there and they're hoarding. But right, right now, it's one. It's and I'm going really fast looking at this. Uh, Kalina, Fuchs, Shobashinsky, Karujo, Alcivar, Franco, Ruiz, McGee, 
Mello. That's nine that need international slots right now that are new to the league. Yeah. yeah. I think they have 11 or 12. So, I mean, you only have so many more you can do before you're going to have to dip into the free agent pool, into the domestic pool. And I just, uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. But I'm, I am disappointed as things currently stand with Charlotte. Well, like I said, I think they're a wild card. But I, I, I think in general, I mean, not a whole lot at this point right now separates new. And I'll even say this for New England, a team that had seventy six points last year. I don't think a lot separates them from Nashville, from Philadelphia, from Orlando, from Atlanta. Uh, you know, New York City. Let's see where they end up with all this. Uh, Toronto. I mean, the thing with Insigne is he's not coming in until this summer. Possibly, um, but I yeah, mean, Tor- probably Toronto. You have to think is going to be much better with Bob Bradley, yeah. and if they can address that back line, uh, they'll be better. So, um, I don't think there's going to be a lot separating the top six or seven teams of the Eastern. I don't see New England or a team like New England running away with a points record this year. Even New England last year. Again, I'll keep coming back to the fact that I think all but two of their wins this year were only by one goal. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were they were good. They were getting wins, but they weren't blowing anyone out, uh, including Atlanta United. They weren't blowing anyone out. So I, I, I think you're going to have a lot of parity at the top of the Eastern Conference. There might be kind of a, a firewall or a break line around six or seven. Then I think you're going to have a lot of parity at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, too. Let's let's play this game as we we finish up with you, Mike. Uh, stoppage time today, by the way, and we'll we'll go deeper into where things stand with, with all of this at two o'clock. Uh, Twitch.tv slash stoppage time nine two nine to watch live. All right, the A group are teams that can win the conference, mm-hmm. that can that can win the conference, can compete, and we'll put it both ways to win the conference in the regular season, but also can go to MLS Cup. That's the A. The B is teams that are fighting to get into the playoffs. And the C is everybody else. Okay. So, New England. A? A, for sure. Philly. A. A. Nashville. A. A. New York City. At the moment, B. I kind of lean that way, too. Uh, Yeah. I'll I'll keep them in the A because I have faith that they're going to get things sorted out and they're going to reinvest, but... Yeah, without Maxi Morales on that roster right now, I, I yeah today B uh, a minus B plus, huh? A, a minus or a B plus? Yeah, I'll, I'll say B without Maxi Morales because he's not on the roster at the moment. Atlanta, A. I think A. I think a with the way the roster. B. Is. I I would lean towards A, but I, I I like they'd be at the lower end of the A group. I, I still think there's a little separation between New England, Philly, and Nashville. And Atlanta. I think Atlanta's in that contending group, but I think they're they're maybe fourth in line. I'll I'll put them in the A pretty solidly. Orlando. I think B at the moment. Um, yeah, I, they're not A for me. Not yet. Uh, I want to see w- what they end up doing over the next month, but I think at the moment they're probably a B. They've got to upgrade to get into the A, and I don't know if they're going to be able to because I think they have to just maintain uh, with with losing Mueller with probably losing DK although that's not done yet I, I think B right now and they got to hold on to B I, I don't think they're a guaranteed playoff team uh Red Bulls 
B, C. I'll go solidly B. I, yeah. I think they'll be better with, with another year of Struber, um, but I don't think they have like a high ceiling. I, I think they can get in and, and be in and be a pain, but I don't have them as potentially getting to the A with the way they're going to construct their team. I think they're a B. Uh, DC. Have they sold any of their kids, uh, no. like Pines no. or uh, no. Paredes or no. any of those kids? Nobody. Then I think they're a solid B. Uh, I think I think they're going to be fun to watch this year. It's solid B for them. I like Lasada a lot. I'll go on the bottom half of the B, but uh, I'll go B. I, I I do like their manager a lot. I I think they're a different shade of what the Red Bulls are in that as they're constructed unless they change how they're going to spend their ceilings low but yeah he's a good enough manager to get them into that b group i can buy that columbus i think at least b uh yeah i i i i think at least b with a solid chance to be an a um yeah columbus they just got so unlucky uh, with a lot of things that were out of their control. And I, I think they ended the year in the ascendancy. I, I think we can all agree on that. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough to repeat as champions. I, I honestly think, you know, Campione's Cup was a, a big springboard for them into 2022. So I think they're at least a solid B, maybe teetering on climbing into A. I'll go B with right now where they are. Uh, Montreal. B. Yep. Yeah, I, I think. I think Montreal can be better than they were last year. Uh, Miami. C. Yeah. I think they could get into the B. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they're a B. Um, but right now, I think they're a C. Chicago. Worst team in the league. Oh, wow. Bottoms. Oh, they got rid of all their good players. They are. At this they moment, are. they're the worst team in the league, in my opinion. I mean, we'll see what they do. But I, I think... I think as it stands right now, they're the worst team in the league. Even worse than Cincinnati? Yes. Yeah, emphatically yes. Yeah, I would agree with that right now. I don't think they, they go in to the season with what they have right now, though. I do think no, they're going to go. probably not. Probably not. But as they stand right now, they're the worst team in the league. I'll tell you, the, the guy to keep an eye on in Chicago who could be a surprise and change that is uh, Jean Hader Duran, the young Colombian forward who... They signed, but was too young to come to Chicago yet. I think they signed him at 17. So he spent another year in Columbia on loan and did well with a, a first division team as a 17-year-old. He could be a bit of a surprise, but they need more than just him. They're, they're, they're not ready yet. Toronto. <laughs> uh, I want to make him an A, but I could see them even being a C. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, it, the, the reason why they could be a C is I don't like that back line at all, the way it stands nope. right now. Nope. Uh, surely, though, they can't go into the season looking like that. Um, I'll, I'll split the difference and go B. I think when Insignia co- – here's the thing. When Insignia comes in this summer, Toronto, theoretically, uh, you know, all the COVID stuff up in Ontario will probably be over. They'll probably be playing in, in full stadiums, back home, all of that. Uh, and Senior will give them a big, big shot in the arm. They'll probably have all the chemistry they need to develop under Bradley. So I think Toronto might start very slowly, but I could see them having a very high ceiling this season. So I'll split the difference and go B. Wouldn't be shocked if they end the year more as an A team. 
Yeah, I unless they really upgrade defensively, I'm going to say B, even with the acquisitions they are rumored to be making. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati. They're a C, but I think they're 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 going to try very very hard to get to at least a B. They could be a B. I, yeah. I I don't I don't feel good about that yet, but they could be a B. Yeah, Cincinnati. Look, I mean, again, we talk about how teams played at the end of the year. Cincinnati wasn't getting a ton of results, but they were playing pretty well at the end of the year. They were tough to break down. Yeah, they were the better. Um, so again, just from a momentum standpoint, like I, I think. You know, Columbus, Cincinnati, a little bit Toronto. I mean, those are teams that I think had a lot of momentum uh, at the end of this year but ended up missing the playoffs. Um, But again, like, you know, we're talking about Toronto being a C and Atlanta being an A. The gap from A to C is not that large if those are the discussions that we're having right now. No, and I think that's the East. I feel like in the, the West, the gaps between A, B, and C are much wider. I, I, I think in the East, they're pretty narrow. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about where Atlanta United is on our last stoppage time of 2021 today at 2 o'clock. Mike? Yeah, it sounds good, you guys. And uh, um, Happy New Year and all that. And uh Hey, maybe we'll get something happening today that we can talk about. I think Ozzy Alonzo was uh, Christmas Eve Eve, right? Well, we're almost at New Year's Eve Eve, so maybe we get uh, another surprise this week. Oh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I know nothing. If if we do, we'll talk about it today. Otherwise, I I literally have no idea. I'm just basically (laughs) awesome. Amazing stoppage time. Talking for the sake of talking. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. All right. See you guys. We will talk about all that kind of stuff today. It's at 2 o'clock. It's uh, twitch.tv slash stoppage time 929. Also, uh, we'll be on facebook.com slash 929 the game and we'll be available in your podcatchers on the Off the Woodwork folder. All right, John, tell everybody about Toka Football and Eliminize. Question for you. Do you have a young soccer player in your family? Have you ever considered private instruction with a professional instructor to take your favorite player's game to the next level? Toka Football has four. One, two, three, four. Indoor soccer training centers in the Atlanta area. Their trainers utilize innovative technology in a fun environment to help your favorite player's skill and decision-making. Give Toka Football a try. Why don't you? SDH is partnering with Toka. For our listeners, an opportunity to check out their revolutionary and fun Toka soccer training method for no cost whatsoever. So go ahead and book your free session now with the promo code promo. Go to tokafootball.com backslash program backslash toka-training. Tokafootball.com backslash program backslash T-O-C-A-training or go to soccerdownhere.net. Click on the Toka Football banner and get your favorite player's game headed to the next level right now. SDH is also brought to you by Eliminize Service for odor-free, clean, fresh air. Eliminize deodorizes enclosed spaces like houses, apartments, and condos. They've created a customized solution that eliminizes all organic odors, including those from pet cigarettes and food. Real property managers use Eliminize Service to eliminize bad odors and help them scent or sell or rent their homes that much faster. It's a tricky process that makes it easy to work with realtors and property managers. It's kind of the environment, offering a green way to get rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue different than 
the masking agents that we have under our sink in the kitchen or any other place. Proven scientific formula to destroy odors down to the molecule. Pricing is either by cubic feet or parts per million to come up with a price that's affordable for you. Results in 24 hours or less. If you have any other questions frequently in store otherwise, go to Eliminize.com backslash Atlanta. Use the backslash Atlanta part. That's key so that part of the world you are contacting them from. Eliminize.com, E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E.com backslash Atlanta. Eliminize is proud sponsors of everything SDH for odor-free clean. I have no idea what's going on with your microphone at times. It makes I don't no either. sense. I don't either. I don't know. Sounds fine to me. Well, wouldn't be the first time. Nope. Um, I don't know. Anyway, hopefully that'll sort itself out. It's it's come and gone. I I don't know what what it's exactly causing it. We tried to work through it a little bit before the show, and it wasn't getting any better. So <laughs> hopefully it hasn't been too distracting and, and too off putting. Um, some other stuff in the world, and we'll have soccer over there this evening as well. Uh, we talked about this before some of the breaks in different leagues worldwide, um, how England is getting hit with COVID issues and some other leagues weren't getting them yet. Well, that's starting to change. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne is actually tested negative, so he should be available for Napoli's next match, but they have other positives. At least seven Lyon players have tested positive. Um, for COVID, including Lucas Paqueta, who is stuck in Dubai. Uh, they are going to start a mid-season training camp in Mercia in the new year, but Paqueta can't get out of Dubai because he's tested positive. Uh, Real Madrid has a bunch of positives as well. Thibaut Courtois, Federico Valverde, Camavinga, Vinicius all have tested positive. Barcelona have a number of positives. And Xavi is going to have some difficult decisions as he puts together his lineup without Dembele, without Umtiti, without Gavi. Um, also, Lingale, Dani Alves, Jordi Alba, and Alejandro Balde have, te- have, retested, have returned positive tests this week. So, uh, yeah, all of it. Just very, very uh, much an issue going forward. And we'll see where this goes. Um couple of, of other things related to that and in Italy where we've talked about I think 98% of the players in the league were fully vaccinated uh, the Italian government is getting involved and not specifically with the soccer world but they're not going to be exempt from it uh, mandate starting January 10th from the Italian government on COVID-19 vaccines they've used the green pass so far which is an EU-backed electronic certificate confirming vaccination status, recent recovery from COVID, or a negative test posted within 48 hours. The Italian government have drawn up new rules. They're going to use the Super Green Pass. Uh, They probably should come up with new names for these things, but anyway. Uh, The Super Green Pass means only vaccination status or a recent recovery from COVID is acceptable. So a negative test is no longer enough. When entering stadiums, gyms, swimming pools, locker rooms, or any other sporting structure that is under a roof. And according to the FAQ uh, discovered by La Gazzetta del Sport, there's no exemption for professional athletes. So to make it very clear, if you're going to play in Serie A, you have to be vaccinated starting January 10th. Um, Most, almost all players are, but there was 2% that were not. 
that's going to be an issue. Um, also in Italy, which is seeming to be the center of the soccer punditry universe these days, Salernitana, we've mentioned them multiple times. They are in trouble and potentially going to be kicked out of Serie A in midseason, which is absurd, because they were allowed to come into the league while being owned by Lazio's president, Claudio Lotito. Well, he said he'd create a trustee who would run the club. That was not deemed acceptable after the season started. The Italian Federation has come in over top of the league and said, yeah, none of this is acceptable, and if they don't find a new owner by December 31st, they're out now, right now. And I don't know if that means they throw all the results out from the first half of the season, if everything's a 3-0 forfeit going forward. Who knows? They haven't got that far. Yeah, yeah. But now it is being said that, one, they, if they sell by December 31st, it's December 29th, then they're good. It's also being said that they can avoid these sanctions by showing an email that confirms they have accepted an offer by December 31st. Now, they have to, they have to say they've accepted the offer, and I guess if they don't actually accept it after they say they accept it, then they're even in even more trouble. I don't know. Um, but the price is 15 million euro. For a Serie A club. Now, it's Salernitana, which has a very low ceiling in terms of what they can be, but it's 15 million euro. That's what Lorenzo Insigne is reportedly going to make in a year if he hits all his add-ons at, at Toronto. That's that's what we're talking about here. Can they find a buyer in two days? I was going to say, that ain't a lot. No, no, it's not a lot. It, it's not a lot when you compare another potential sale in the Italian Serie A of Inter which the International Business Times is claiming that the Saudi PIF fund, who recently purchased Newcastle United, uh, for about 300 million euro, is going to buy Inter from Suning for 1 billion euro over the next few days. There's been reports about this for a while. They had really quieted down after the Newcastle deal because Inter was almost looked at as the backup purchase. Now maybe they're going to buy them too. The International Business Times is reporting this. Um, I don't know what their exact credibility is, but it's making the rounds. The IBT reports that the deal's done. Paperwork will arrive at the Inter headquarters over the next few days. Uh, billion dollars U.S., 884 million euro. Um, Suning did announce recently that their debt crisis is easing, but they've been looking for buyers or investors for a while. This would be a full purchase. Um, okay. I, I will believe it when I see it on this one. But it's making the rounds pretty seriously, so maybe there is a little something to it. Uh, there is also something to the AFCON tournament getting done. Uh, there's not been any further talk about it being delayed. Players have been allowed to stay with their clubs a little bit longer before they go join up with their national teams. Uh, Sebastian Haller was asked in the Netherlands if he would prefer to stay with his club rather than go play in the AFCON tournament, and this was his answer. This question shows the disrespect for Africa. Would this question ever get asked to a European player ahead of the Euros? Of course I'm going to the African Cup. It's ridiculous. There's two different levels here of this. Like There are legitimate questions about the organization of this tournament. Uh, you have stadiums that are not completely finished yet. Y you have COVID-related questions. Like There are legitimate questions about the tournament that have nothing to do with the importance of the tournament. There's just questions about can you do it? Can you do it safely? Should you do it? Is, 
Cameron ready to do it? Those are in, when you ask those questions, they're in no way diminishing the importance of the tournament. They have to be separated because I think at times we're lumping this together like you can't question the tournament. You can absolutely question can this tournament be done in the proper way, and you should question it. You have to. But this idea that no players don't even want to go, not related to any of the other questions, just you don't really want to go play in this thing, do you? Now that's disrespectful. That's absurd because you wouldn't ask that about any other tournament of this this nature. Now, if you want to ask specifically, are you concerned about playing in the tournament with COVID-related issues, whatever, that's a different question. That's a different conversation entirely. But to ask it the way that it was asked is incredibly disrespectful. Um, To show you the importance of this tournament to some of the the nations and teams involved, uh, Guinea's interim president, uh, which I'm sure is everything's on the the up and up here with all this, the Colonel Mamadi uh, Dumboya, he had a message for the team before the tournament. Quote, the cup or you reimburse the money that's been invested in you. Wow. Uh, That's pressure. That's not good. They're not a favorite. They're not going to win the cup. Um, What? (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's not a good situation. I don't know all of Guinea's situations here, but uh, yes, when you're threatening the team that they better win or they're going to have to pay back the money that's been invested in them. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, and I wonder how many of the, the players for Guinea's national team, once they do not win the, tro- uh, the, win, win the cup, might seek asylum in other nations. Mm. Well, I don't know how many of them play in Guinea. That's going to be the question is, are they going to go back there? Um, and have a IOU uh, handed to them as they walk back in the door. Definitely. It's like the second you land, here's your IOU from the, the colonel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Um, we'll take some questions to wrap things up as we got about 10 more minutes left. So if you have them, throw them in on the Twitch pitch. Uh, last one on the board for me. Legendary player. Uh, played for the Argentine national team. Played at Milan. But probably best known as a Newcastle legend, Alex Pacine. Fabrizio Colaccini has announced his retirement at the age of 39. Wow. He's playing last with Audacivi in Argentina. He has announced his retirement on his social media networks. Colaccini is retiring. 39 years old. Went a long time. He was pretty good the last couple times I saw him play in Argentina in the domestic league. But uh, I always remember him with Newcastle and with Argentina. Yeah. So Newcastle legend Colacini retiring. Yeah, the hair exactly, Alex. He's exactly. amazing. The hair that was the exact thing that I was going to talk about was that. That's the first thing, aside from seeing him in his later Newcastle years, the the absolute hair that uh, Colacini had. Wonderful hair. I can't remember if I had him on a fantasy team or not. I might have. Probably. Late in his career, yeah. Probably did at some point. Uh, Burned asks, is the AFCON going to be on TV or streaming here? BN has had it recently. I don't know if they still have the rights to it. I'm going to check really quick and see if uh, it's on Live Soccer TV. It starts on January 9th. And I want to see if I can pull that 
up and see if it's there. Hold on. Because I'm not sure if they still have it. I don't know if it was a multi-year deal or anything. Um, it doesn't look like there are U.S. rights held for it. Um, they don't have it on live soccer TV with a U.S. partner. That could change last minute. Uh, remember, ESPN Plus picked up the African qualifiers last minute. Um but no, Ricky. Uh, you, Ricky's posting a different one. World Soccer Talk um, that says BN has it. Uh, BN had it. I, I know that much. They say that BN has it now, or at least has some of it. It looks like maybe at some games because I, I looked at the January 9th games, like Cameroon and Burkina Faso, and Live Soccer TV says that they don't have it. So uh, maybe BN has the rights to some. Yeah, they do. That's what it looks like going forward. So, like, the games on the 9th, they don't have. Some of the games on the 10th, they don't have. But some of the games, they do. So, it looks like they're picking up some, which is strange. But, okay. So, then BN should have it. There you go. Thank you, Ricky. Something yeah. else to add to my stacks when we get to that point of the schedule. Sit there and have that reserved over to monitor. Yeah, and, and BN's on Fanatis. So, I mean, yep. Fanatis has BN. That's where I get BN and well, I get BN with Fubo as well because I've kept Fubo for my Spanish language package because it's a little more expensive, but I get the South American World Cup qualifier. So I drop the Spanish language package on my Xfinity and I kept Fubo, which it's more expensive, but to get those qualifiers, it was the way to do it at least for a few more months. So I get BN there, but I get it on Fanatis as well. Um, and it should be in English and Spanish on BN if you get one or the other. FMTZCO slash soccer down here. Yes, you can subscribe there. Uh, Fubo, I, Coco, I only have the Spanish language Fubo. I have the very small Fubo package with, uh, with that. So it doesn't have Valley for that. Um, I think they do for the English language package. Yeah, I, I did the smallest package that would get me the South American qualifiers, and it's only in Spanish. The only English channel that they included on that for some reason is BN, which I don't know why they included English BN there, but whatever. I'll take it. I already had it with Fanati, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, like they have Spanish language Goal TV. They don't have English language on Fubo, but I have that on Fanati, so it's uh, overlapping stuff. It's all ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Emilio says, no, they do not have the local Bally's feeds. Xfinity does, and AT&T, well, it used to be AT&T. Now it's DirecTV. Now they're streaming. They have the local Bally's channels. And that's one of the reasons that we still have not abandoned Xfinity as, as our cable here in the house is we can get the Bally's, but... John, smart- John, John, let, let, let's be real. You're yeah. not cutting the cord because you couldn't figure out all the different apps and stuff. Let, let, let's, let's not play games here. Well, I also have uh, Fanatis. And you had, had like multiple ESPN Plus subscriptions because you couldn't figure out how to have them in different rooms of the house. That is true. So let, let, let's let's be real about this. But one of the one of the good things that Xfinity has done yes. in this past calendar year is they allow you to access Paramount Plus, ESPN yes. Plus through the Xfinity. So for people like John, that's a good thing. It is. It is absolutely a good thing. So yeah. I can sit there. It's like, oh, I have one device that I can actually sit there and just go into the remote and go, 
uh, ESPN Plus and have it dialed up there and, and have one of the big monitor here in Office HD on ESPN Plus, have the little monitor with ESPN Plus, and a third one on Paramount or Fanatis or, or what have you to make sure that everything is dialed up almost like the, the Neil Pert drum kit from Rush where I can sit there and turn and there's something else that's different that I can attack. <laughs> But if it wasn't on the Xfinity box, you'd be lost. Oh, you know it. Uh, no, Absolutely I know. would. Tried to walk you through not having two subscriptions for different rooms of the house. Um, yes, with the DirecTV stream, because I, I had when it was AT&T, and then they switched it to DirecTV right before I, I changed providers it, totally. Um, you do have to be up a tier to get the, the local Bally's channels. It's not on the base level. Um, I switched back to Xfinity because of the internet. Uh, the internet for Xfinity is undefeated so far. Uh, it's That's much faster. It's much better than I had previously with my previous provider. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I needed the internet. That's why I did it. I- I'd love to go, like, full cross the board, just cut the cord. But I don't think with everything I have right now, it'd actually be all that cost effective to do it. So uh, I'm good. I'm good with it. Um, <laughs> extra 300 points for the read score with the Neil reference is what Alex Bessine is giving you. Best drummer ever. Mm, it's debatable. Well, very I mean, debatable. Honestly, I would say Buddy Rich is the best drummer ever, but that's just me. There's a lot of drummers who would be in fights for that. Uh, Ricky, this is the last year for all contracts with MLS rights uh, in 22. This is the last year with all of it. So um, it could look completely different going forward. Remember, there might not be a local TV partner going forward, depending on how the deals get done with uh, MLS and future broadcast rights, which should be announced in the first quarter of 22 for 23 and beyond. But uh, this is the last year with everything as it's been. Nothing's changed going into this year. Um, yeah, Sam, I, 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 I needed much better internet than I was getting and, uh, it has paid off. So yes, I had to bump up. Um, I did like my previous provider when they first came to town and their internet was good, but it didn't progress the way that some other internets have progressed. Um, and it was not stable like I needed it as you guys who have listened to the show over the years. know. Uh, I've not had those issues since it's been very, very good. Uh, final call for questions. Um, final call with all of that and we'll get into those we'll get into more things on stoppage time today at 2 o'clock we will have soccer over there tonight we will get into the picks of the week that went down to the wire we'll have new picks of the week which who knows what they'll look like because the games will probably get postponed anyway Um, (laughs) Ricky what other notable continental regional tournaments are happening in 22 really not much because of the World Cup and, and because of that setup the I guess the most notable thing will be the play-in games in the summer of 22. So AFCON was supposed to be last year. It got pushed back. Um, no Gold Cup or Euros or any of that because it's a World Cup year. But the, the most notable thing will be the play-in games in Qatar in June, which will be single-game playoffs. Uh, the CONCACAFW Championship in July, yes, Um don't have the women's euros this year do you i think you might actually i think those might be in england this year uh alex you're not bullying me into nearly three hour shows anymore occasionally three hour shows happen um 
I went and totaled it up because I, I was talking to a friend of the show, Nino Torres, about calendars and schedules and, and how much we did. I went and totaled this up. And I went ahead and projected for what this week would look like. Um, and this is just the ones I've been involved in. There, there's other shows, like all of the different you know, content and interviews and 1v1s that John's done. Th- that's not on. This is what I've done on, on, on here and in general for, for 2021, which kind of blew my mind. Um, straight up games. I did 75. Now, that's not Nino Torres' level of, like, I think he ended up with 275 for the year, Ow. which is insane. But that's, like, doing studio games like that, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different level of prep. Uh, Dre Cordero talked about it in his podcast with Grant Wall, which is a really good listen if you haven't heard it. Um, it's it's a different way of working. It's completely different. I did 75, which I was kind of like, wow, okay, that's a lot. Uh, between Atlanta United, between the twos, between Oglethorpe, between Georgia State, between Kennesaw State, Clayton State, Georgia Gwinnett, high school games, uh, UPSL, USL2, NPSL, and WPSL. 75. Um, on the network, just programs, normal shows, uh, specials, like 30 minutes or hour shows or two-hour shows, uh, like soccer over there. 481 shows for 660 hours plus wow of content in in 2021 yeah mhm yeah uh, i only did one usl2 game ricky i did a peachtree city moba game last year i filled in for jess on that um so it wasn't a regular one. My regulars, and I would assume these will be my regulars for next year, of course, Atlanta United, Atlanta United 2, uh, Oglethorpe, Georgia State, um, probably Kennesaw again for a, a, a certain number of games. And then beyond that, and high school state championships, those are those are definites. And we're, we're working on high school game of the week as well in, during the regular season. But I'm hoping to get to 100 games next year. Uh, Coco... Wow. Um, says uh, any word on Atlanta MLS next games being streamed? There's no way to know because you're not even in the league yet. Uh, yeah. The league hasn't announced anything yet on what that looks like. I would assume they will all be streamed. I'd be blown away if they're not. That, that would be kind of odd if they're not. But I don't know what it looks like. Uh, it Remember, in all the conversation about the upcoming MLS broadcast package, MLS Next Pro was included. Now, Coco, are you asking about MLS Next or MLS Next Pro? Because MLS Next is part of the academy structure. Uh, the U19s, for example, don't play in MLS Next. They play in UPSL, but the others do. MLS Next Pro is where the second team will be next after this season, next season, 2023. That league will start this year. And the games will be somewhere this year, but the rights to them are included in the upcoming broadcast deal. There we go. Cool. Coco, yeah, you saw it next, bro. Uh, they'll be somewhere. I just no idea where. I would assume whoever gets the streaming rights to MLS will have them available. I just don't know what it looks like yet. Uh, but they, they won't be not available. I'd be blown away if they're not. Um, yes, football is the life, Sam Williamson. It's crazy. Uh, it's fun, though. And I'm hoping to get to 100 games next year. Uh, I'm not even going to try to put a number on the number of shows and content and hours and all of that. But, yeah, if we don't do a three-hour show sometimes, Alex Pacine, 
did 660 plus hours in 2021. I, I'll take a two hour show occasionally. Uh, like and then this we get a two hour show tonight, which turns sometimes into two and a half. That one is far more likely to turn into two and a half or three or three and a half, depending on if Messi's private jet is reportedly in the air. Uh, we will be back for that. So the rest of the day, two o'clock stoppage time. That's on Twitch, stoppage time 929 to watch. You can also catch it later. Then the soccer over there reschedule is tonight at 7 o'clock, and we'll get into lots of different things, and Nick will have lots of opinions about how Italy is the center of the universe right now, because it is. And it also depends on Nicholas Bentner and what he has done lately to be stupid. That is true, Coco. If he does something ridiculous, and we might be on for four hours, who knows. Uh, we've got a couple more shows in 2021. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll push over 700 hours of content. We're not. We're not. We're not going to get anywhere near that. But we'll have some more coming for you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Mucha plata, y'all. Mucha plata, y'all.